How did we get off? Like, how did this happen? Are you talking about a male or female? Oh, what? Does it matter? Somebody did say to me once, though, you're just like a demon, we just can't call you one. <laughs> <laughs> Does it feel like we're just, like, stretching? To, like, like, looking for loopholes, in a sense. You get demoted, you work your way back up. <laughs> What do you get demoted to? <laughs> Janitor? To a <laughs> you're, a green, you're on the grading team. <laughs> okay, welcome back to Pewology. This is our show. Is this technically loopholes? No. Okay, this is our show, Loopholes. And we have been um, studying through the book of Romans. And... After the study, we've kind of been having like a little afterglow on this show, Loopholes, and talking about some of the really complicated stuff that um, Paul articulates concerning grace, because Paul's articulation of grace uh, for many that are hearing it for the first time feels very extreme to the point that like, hey, it sounds like Paul is saying grace is everything, works is nothing, Um Works doesn't matter at all. Grace is everything. Boom. Eat it, right? So that's what we've been talking through. And so we've been trying to figure out how does that work in the real world when you've got a message like Paul's given about grace and grace being amazing. And then how do we like, you know, we're left with like this attitude that they have in Romans chapter six where it's like, you know, what shall we do then? Shall we go on sinning that sin may abound? But at the same time, Paul's like, Grace is everything, right? Okay, so that's what we're talking about. Uh, I le- I read this quote tonight from Luther that was crazy, where he basically said, "Sin strong." He was like, "Just embrace it, sin strong." And then uh, we spent a lot of time tonight talking through the concept of sin condition versus sin choice. So, what we're born into, what what we are stick stuck with as like a sickness or a disease. Uh, what's always going to be with us versus the sin choice. Because I think typically in modern day evangelical pietism, we kind of think of, we kind of think of sin as a decision or a choice and not as a condition. And so have you guys thought about, I know we brought this up before, but have you guys thought more about that since we've been kind of talking through, are you getting totally, you know, up to your neck in this now in our study? What do you think? Don't jump in at once, seriously. Can we edit out that silence later? <laughs> silence is good sometimes. What do you think? I mean, do, 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 you think yeah. do you think you've given sin as a condition enough thought and enough and enough like credence when it comes to other people and what's going on in their life, what's going on in your life? What do you think? I I absolutely do. I've always have like. Uh, yeah, get a little closer. We we, we want to hear everything you say. Of course, I always have. Like I, I I tend to look at the totality of 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 the situation. You know, I don't always look like this person committed a sin. You know, just for the sake of committing a sin. Um, I don't know. I've always looked at it as as its totality. Like I was reading that passage from today from Romans five, uh, and I read a couple of verses, kind of like related to it that mm-hmm. came from the study Bible. And I don't know. I'm a little bit com- confused about the whole thing, <laughs> to be honest. I'm being honest because it's one of the two things, right? So I've always believed that the Bible is 100% right 
and there's, it's not flawed. It doesn't contradict itself or anything like that. Right. So what I was left with was either it is faith and grace because Jesus was that big of a deal right. or is grace and some works because, you know, your faith is shown by fruits. So I'm stuck with, well, either the Bible contradicts itself or it's just grace. So that's where I, that's where I was stuck. Um, I have the, you know, the, I think that's been my, my, my struggle lately where uh, I tend to be more on the grace side. Uh, towards everything is like I don't understand it. Just yeah, like, in doubt, go with grace. <laughs> no, no, but but grace within reason, right? So I could look at somebody and say, "Hey, that's not exactly that doesn't biblically or theologically line up with what God wants." I don't love you, or I'm gonna I'm not gonna treat you any different, right? Uh, Let, okay, let's let's stop there. Like let's let's start with that exact dynamic that you're bringing up, right? Right. So when confronted with obvious sin or brokenness uh-huh. something that we that there's like i don't know there's not a disagreement about we kind of know like okay mm-hmm. i don't know what but you know you got a friend that's like committing adultery it's kind of like okay dude yo you know um like like how do you navigate that right so there's this there's this constant discussion in the word about holding each other accountable and um, even it goes as far as talking about how churches organize and discipline, but then Paul spends all this time talking about the condition, and you know the condition is the condition. We're in it. We're 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 deep in it. So what's the what's the whole purpose of that? Yeah, but that's the thing. Like I I fully believe that Jesus died for something that I can't do. Right. Right. But when I'm in, I'm aware of like my sin a little more. Like when I realize I'm like, oh dang, okay. You know what I mean? And sometimes I'm great and I catch it and I don't do it. And honestly, like you guys are family. Sometimes I don't. Until yeah. like later, and I'm like, oh man. Like I find myself sometimes doing things that I don't even know how I started. Like in the middle of it. I'm oh, like, tell us more. Mm. Seriously. Tell us more. <laughs> no, no, like you sound know. like Paul. <laughs> yeah, like it's really weird. I'm doing it. My, I don't want to like, do it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I can't help ex- myself. When I was reading that today and I was like, wow, like it really rang a bell with me because I've had situations that I'm just like Man, I don't even know how I even started this. You know? Yeah. I, I think for me, um, when I'm looking at my own sin, mm-hmm. I kind of see the, the choice side of it more. Like, yeah. Okay. It, it's not so much a condition, it's actions, it's decisions. Okay. But in other people, it, the, the condition definitely stands out. I, I think I, I see that side more, or maybe I recognize that side more okay. in others than I do in myself most right. of the time. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Do you think that's like maybe a little bit vocational for you? Like you, you, you have a weird job. Like I, yeah, cross section of humanity. You clowns are seeing every day. It's like, whoa. Yeah. I yeah, because I think I'm, I'm. It's almost a, a necessity for me to extend grace on a daily basis. On the basis. daily. <laughs> yeah, hour, by, minute by minute do it so kind much, of situation. Dude. Yeah, like yeah. teachers and administrators, I'm just like, that's like a like a testing ground for this whole theology, right? Like the oh, yeah. Theology. yeah. Because I, I, like you, you cannot be in that environment and not with, – with as many people in that environment – and not immediately be confronted with the sin condition everybody's tainted with. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what, so like yeah. those things are, are evident. And, you know, I see, 
you, you see it in actions. You, you see it in or hear it in language and right. interactions and stuff like that. So that's a lot more evident. And I, and I think I tend to focus more on that in others. Um, and maybe downplay the specifics, okay. like this specifics and this okay. specific act uh, of sinfulness. But for me, most often I'm, I'm seeing it as I did this. I, I should have done this and I didn't do it. Um, less often it, it's usually in, in times of real deep introspection where I kind of am confronted more with the condition of my sinfulness. Okay. And usually in response to reading and being reminded of that, right. yeah. like somebody's got to point it out to me. Right. I got to read it in scripture. I got to read it, you know, yeah. uh, in a devotional. Uh, oh yeah. I am pretty bad. Yeah. Like, that that condition is. I think the condition for me has grown over the years. Like that's why people ask me all the time. We usually end up this discussion. And somebody says, "Well, you know, do you think you're better now than you were 20 years ago?" And I, I always, almost always say no, because my awareness of my sin condition, I think, has really grown. I, and and I think I think people get worried when they hear the pastor say that because they're like, "Has he got some secret things going on in mm. his life?" And and sh- and the answer to that is yes. <laughs> um, but I I think the worry is that like he's he's being light on the idea of continual misbehavior. But for me, I, I, I think I've just grown so like exponentially aware that I, I'm really, really broken at a core level. Like the way I think, the way um, that my either pride or lust or um, desires are just so off center from God's core nature that it's hard. I think the days that I think I'm winning are, are very, very few and far in between. And, 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 and when I am, I, I'm always at the sinking suspicion side of probably not probably just need to rely on his grace. Cause I'm probably not. Yeah. I think for me, one of the biggest, I don't know if it's bad or it's good, but I don't really see a distinction between, you know, like, like sin, you know what I mean? Okay. So I'll give you an example. Like if, if you're con- like, if you're doing a continual sin that right. you're purposeful about, like you know you're sinning and you're trying not to do it, but you're struggling with it, but you right. continue doing it, I don't see a difference between that and the oops sin, which is like, I'm not going to do it for a few days and then I fall and then oops, God knows my heart, so he forgives me, but then I'm going to do it again in a couple of months and oops. That's called the oops sin? I, I that's what I, I don't know what it, it's like <laughs> not the setting. Like, you're kind of making yourself out to be better than the person that's like, aware of their sin and say, right. I really struggle with this. I don't know what to do with it. I don't see a difference between those two. I asked, I, you know, I asked this of, I don't know, I don't think it was you guys, but I asked this of another group because we were talking through it because, and this is an interesting like litmus test, I think. And so this is interesting. You guys give me your opinion on this. Um, one of the things in the New Testament that we're told to um, kind of govern within the body and hold each other accountable to and discipline each other on is greediness. How do we decide when we're greedy? <laughs> like, how do you know when you've crossed the greedy line? You guys got anything on that? No. <laughs> Good or pride. I, don't know. I mean, like, yeah. like it's actually an instruction yeah. to the church leaders to be like, hey, you know, let's watch out for this and let's deal with that. And you're like, 
Is there a litmus test for that? Is there like a? Do we put Enron, out a questionnaire? Enron is the litmus test. I mean, like it's when what? it's gone too far. We're like, oh, that's greed. Yeah, it, is it, 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 it's kind of like the profanity thing. You know it when it's there, but yeah, <laughs> you, you don't know where the line is. No. Uh, you, know. you know it when you see it, but you don't know where the line. Isn't that what they said about profanity and uh, profan- uh, pornography? Pornography. Oh, yeah. so they're like, you know, it when you see it, you just don't know when it starts. Right. Right. Uh, that used to be the old adage. I think. Yeah, that, that's, somebody that's pretty it, much right. It. I think that was a thing. I'm but, not googling that. No, <laughs> never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Google pornography and then uh, okay, never mind. All right, so but you know what I'm saying like, there's all like I think we kind of know like okay, you go okay, well adultery, okay, we know we're off, right? Mm-hmm. But is it possible that we're we live in one of the wealthiest places on the planet? Is possible we're greedy and we don't know it? Yes. Oh, heck yeah. Is it yeah. possible that God's up there going, What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. Yeah, because they, I don't think greed is only like wanting money or the, or, or the accumulation of money. Like greed can be clothing. You know, think about the amount of stuff that we have. Mm-hmm. And like, oh my God, did you hear the new uh, John Legend song? No, Pray? I can't stand John Legend. Well, he has this song that's called like... <laughs> Like pray that, that I was looking at and, and like in the video showing like things that that you cry about okay. because it like kind of hurts you but you do absolutely nothing about. Okay, interesting. You know, so I was like, oh man, he's like, you know, I feel helpless, you know, but I'm not doing it. You can just sit there and cry and say that it hurts you if you do nothing about it, right? So you think about that and think about how often you know we complain about certain topics, you know, and. Some of us have big houses and we have money and we have the means, but we don't adopt or foster a child. And that's cool because it's maybe not in your heart, but you complain so much about certain things and do absolutely zero about anything. I I just think like conviction plays a part in that. Right. Uh-huh. Like, I, like okay, I don't think that's an interesting point. So talk to me about that. Well, no. So, so like with people who are committing adultery, okay, especially people who are believers, there's a sense of conviction that happens. Like there's, there's no way to get around that piece. Okay. But let's go slow. Where do you think the conviction comes from? When you say conviction, what do you mean? I mean, like the acknowledgement of but wrong. You, does it come from guilt? them, their heart? Does it come from God? No, I, I mean, I think Holy that's, Spirit? I think that's a Holy spirit. Oh, so you think the Holy spirit. Okay. Yeah. But, but I, I would think a lot of people that aren't believers still feel conviction. Is that guilt. Is that yeah. different? Is that different? Yeah. I, I think it's different. Okay. Yeah. Because I think the a lot of times the like the conviction has to do with the relationship that we have with with God, okay, and um, and potentially you know hindering that with our actions, with our thoughts. For people that are outside of faith, they they feel guilty because of circumstances, right? Things are going to suck at some point. Right? Eventually, <laughs> they feel guilty for getting caught, Is right? <laughs> I I I think so. I yeah, mean, I, that's at least been. You I've know, always what, I've always said. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. Go ahead. I don't know what the motives are. Like, if you're not a believer, what's the motive to be good? Well, but that's a funny question because I think that that's the main reason why I do believe in grace because there are people that are morally. Yeah, but I don't know why good. they're doing it. It's in our nature. Like, to be good? No, no, no. What I'm saying is it's in God's nature. So oh, I okay. think so some, it's still the, the residue from yeah, the God. Yeah, consciously yeah. there's that, that rubs yeah, off. Maybe. That rubs off on people who don't even believe it. I think so. I mean, but if you don't believe in God, like you literally don't believe in, you don't believe there is a God, right? That that doesn't negate the fact that there is God. No, I know, but you don't believe in Him. 
you think this whole thing's just a, like a biological random soup, chance, random yeah. chance, evolution, whatever, mm-hmm. right? And then you apply all these moral laws upon yourself. Like you're like, well, I got to have some standards. Yeah, but, but take, why? Look at the why would you have any standards? I, I think there's, there's <laughs> I mean, it's a, like, social pressure. Just, is it just social pressure? I think a lot of it has to do with that. I don't know why you just I feel don't like I think so. I just don't well, think about it like this, right? So let's say somebody that doesn't believe in absolutely anything, right? And somebody dies. Like they have sorrow if somebody that they love. Never mind. But you know, they have sorrow in them. Where does that come from? Yeah. You know what I mean, like things like Tell that. You, like, like if somebody cheats on you, you don't have to be a Christian to be like, wow, that hurts deep. That's like not faithfulness. And you don't have to be a Christian for that. So you have these deep things that come. You no, know, I, I, I I guess I agree with you. I guess part I, of me agrees with you and part of me thinks but, that's why it's so crazy. But Mike, I think your point is so the people that are are you know, actively seeking to be unfaithful. Yeah. Like, w- what would motivate them motivate them to not do that, or what would prevent someone who's not of faith to I'm not pursue that? I'm saying I cheer them on. Like, what? if you don't, if you believe this whole thing is just random chance, then the logical outworking oh, of that belief is you should just do whatever the heck you want. But the interesting thing is they still feel guilt. Like, I, I, I would imagine if you polled majority of the people that have been unfaithful in marriage and uh it's led to you know it almost always leads to something terrible a divorce or a payment you know, for nobody to find out what <laughs> right very very, very seldom does that That's turn the out Donald to be, Trump effect you know a really Donald good thing. going yeah. <laughs> where have we gotten no i'm just we live it, in a world where the president's paying off hookers uh, i mean i just i don't even know welcome to america i mean that's but it's crazy because we justify that, right? Some people justify that. Christians justify that. We have a whole like Christian world that wants to vote for this guy. Right. It's, it's insane okay. to me. Christians justify that. They justify the, his, his line. They justify that, but they will condemn something else very with a lot of strength and like they'll fight to the death for that. Yeah. So go back to your point okay. on greed. As soon as you say Trump, like yeah. this thing just goes straight off the <laughs> way. Yeah. Sorry about that. So, yeah. That's my okay. segue, I think, talking okay. about greed. Um, you know, for believers, I think there is um, some conviction that comes from the Holy Spirit when we okay. get to the point where, you know, we've crossed that line, when um, when we're no longer seeking God for fulfillment, yeah. and we're seeking yeah. that in things, right. right? And I think that's kind of the heart of greed is I'm going to fill the the void that should be filled with God alone with other things there's a conviction that comes with that but uh, that almost implies the idea that everybody would have a different level of conviction too though right because it, it would be universal if it was like a holy spirit thing wouldn't it why well i don't know like why 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 would greed not be more measurable than that why would it not be like well this is the greedy point and everybody, because like, adultery, everybody knows well, where adultery is. Well, right? well wealth is you so don't relative. Just fall onto some woman. It's like, oops, this well, happened. Well, like we know hey, when adultery takes place. Yeah, but but worldwide, wealth is so absolutely relative. So just because wealth is relative, that makes the sin relative, greed relative. Well, it's a little bit more acceptable to be rich or greedy than it is to have. Gordon Gecko, greed <laughs> is good. Yeah, so Remember that? That was great. Yeah. being an adulterer isn't necessarily, although in some 
Yeah, we live in a time where that's like up for grabs. Yeah, too, I think it, it absolutely yeah. is. Mm-hmm. It absolutely like, is. That's like par for the course. I think that it's weird. It's like a cel- it's like a guy celebrated thing, less than a mm-hmm. woman celebrated. Don't you think so? Do you think it's a guy celebrated thing it, more than it is? But a it's woman getting thing? Oh, to be well. More, no, yeah, it's getting to be people. more that yeah. women, you know, do what you got to do for you. Yeah, I just feel like guys like high five each other on this. Like it's almost like. That's becoming a trend, though, with yeah. with as the a, women, as women as too. Yeah, if you look at in I social media and all that, the way too. absolutely. I, I think it's still definitely guy more, heavy. more guy heavy. But um, whereas in the past it was almost exclusively guys that had that attitude, yeah. I think there is. Uh, I I mean I've seen it working in high school too. Like, if, so I, if that's a measure of you know society. So we kinda, oh, it is. <laughs> we kind of painted ourselves into a corner tonight. I, c- I kept using that phrase that that when Paul explains this grace, the logical outworking of that grace is that um, it's forgiving our sins of our past, it's sins of our present, it's the future sins, it's the sins that we that we are going to do knowingly, right? Mm-hmm. Because of our condition. I mean, it is what it is. We're going to sin, and. I even read some quotes that from, you know, Reformation founders that were like, you know, hey, sin's going to win sometimes. Sin's going to be present. It's going to be present till God glorifies our bodies and gets us out of this, you know, brokenness. Um, but we're, but there's all of this debate that's about to come up and we're about to start talking about this over the next couple of weeks. And we kind of want to preview that a little bit where we go, okay, but yeah, like, Okay, I get it that sin that sin is forgiven past, present, and future, and even future that's done willingly and knowingly and planned. But where's the line, like with that too? Where how do how do people get inspired then to do good and to do good works and to be faithful if grace is forgiven everything, if the gift is there, right? <laughs> Is that your question? Blank stares. How does it work? How does it work? How does it work for you? How does it work? Let's just do personally tonight. How does it work for you? What do you think? Oh, for me, like I thought you were. I thought you were asking him. How does it work for you? I don't know. For me, I don't really. I I've have noticed difference in my life as far as like the choices that I make, but those have come naturally. Just like I said, I'm more aware of it, so I'm automatically like, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. That's really not good for me or my family or, or, or anything. Okay. Um, I do, however, have this belief that it's not like a cookie cutter, that everybody's faith is going to look exactly like mine or be exactly at the point where mine is. Okay. Uh, so, so it's very personalized to you. To me, it is. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think I notice for myself, the more that I'm in the word and, and praying, that it becomes easier to make better choices. Yeah. There's always a struggle. Um, but then in those seasons where I'm not doing those things and Mm -hmm. I can catch myself more like, Oh, you know? So I think it's, it's a byproduct of that working on that relationship. Yeah. And you just, just the same way, like in our marriages, you know, we want to do right by our spouse because, you know, we love them, we care and, you know, we're growing and working on those things every day. So it makes me not want to cheat on him because I <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank God. Yeah. But that's true, though. Like, that's what relation is. So this is supposed to be a faith, and it's a relational thing. So the closer you are to him, the less that you 
you know, because like you said, like in a marriage, like if you separated yourself from your wife and you spend any time from your wife, you're more likely to like slip up and mess up. You I know, I can remember when I was young. No? And how much time you got to be away? <laughs> so you're still slipping up over here. No, but you know what I mean, Mike. If you have absolutely like <laughs> nothing, that that relationship is gonna fall. Oh, okay. So you're saying more than just like time apart. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just like there's, there's, you know, emotional. Distance. You're not, yeah, if you're, you're not, not working on it, yeah. then. But I, I that's true. Paul says you know, hmm? for a time, prayer. I think when you when mm. you take the like he's our father. I can remember when I was young, disappointing my my real father. Okay. You know, doing something that I know and, he, and hearing him say that to me, like so. I you know you can't you think of that in the same sense. You know, and I think even that and what you were saying about conviction, I think that's part of God's grace too, because allowing us to have that that feeling and that that guilt or that and that conviction. It reminds us, you know, we're broken and we need him. Okay. What do you think? How do you deal with this? Like personally? I think. Uh, What's your motivator for like good and good works? Seeing my kids at school, um, how terrible they are. They're godless barbarians. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, Says the guy who works, works at a, a Christian, Christian school. school. <laughs> uh, exactly. It's Christian in name. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I love my kids, but uh, I'm, that's me joking. I'm, I'm, that would be me being very judgmental. Um, my oh, big thing is, huh? We don't do that. Oh, anymore. we all do that. Yeah, I know. Um, I would say it's being aware, like, like being aware of my own sin, and that disgusts me. Like it, it makes me like sick to think about how sinful I am compared to you know the relationship that I have. So it makes me, it drives me towards him. And the, what I've learned in only thirty two years uh, is that the more I'm with him, the more like him I become. Right. And that's like that with any relationship. That's why my parents used to tell me, "Hey, you shouldn't hang out with that dude because uh, you're going to become more like him." Uh, he's an idiot and you're going to be an idiot uh, if you keep doing that. And so I, you know, I apply that to my relationship with Christ. Uh, the more I'm with him, like you were saying, you know, more I'm in the word, I'm praying. Uh, I want to know more about him. That's why I'm, I'm constantly studying, you know, uh, like attributes of God. I, I told Juan a couple weeks ago, you know, I'm studying like the scientific uh, proof of how God exists through physics and it's like blowing my mind and it's making me believe even more um and making me closer to him just studying science not even just the scriptures um and uh it's yeah it's driving me it's pretty amazing it's blowing my mind i'm telling you man uh, and i i don't even know if you've watched a bunch of it and i i cannot i'm in a i'm not saying like i'm rocking it right now Um, (laughs) but like i i seriously i I, I, because i struggle with sin every day there's there's never going to be a time where i'm not sinning lying doing something stupid but uh yeah it's that that passion that i have i want to be more like him i want to know him more how about you so what drives what drives the motivating i like that yeah basically everything you said i'm on board yeah Yeah. the more time you spend with him the more time in his word his word convicts us his spirit convicts us his spirit lives in us you know, so we're always driven to be more and more like him. And we and we love him. You know what I mean? You, the, when you love him, you want to be like him. You want to serve him. You know, so that's just part of our hearts. I think the, for me, I think the, the grace message really drives me. It's probably why I'm kind of nonstop on it. But I was, I was so I was having this. Really? Um, yeah, I know, right? You've never heard me talk about that, right? So I was having this conversation with my kids the other night. This went really great. 
and um and we were talking about repentance and we were we were actually recording a family podcast that we've been working on and so i said just off the i did not plan it i just said hey listen we were talking about repentance and like forgiveness and i said hey listen if anybody has anything they need to confess they can do it right right now on the pocket and i said and it's it's like it's like the purge like you can whatever you confess it'll be forgiven <laughs> on the spot do you do you need to confess anything oh. and all of them are like wait a minute hold on what you know, <laughs> is this a trap is yeah this- is this a trap <laughs> right right and so then like ta- like one of them you know confessed like you know cursing one time or something and i was like oh, okay forgiven right but then uh as soon as i said that like it was like oh okay maybe he's serious and so deacon this is so great <laughs> deacon goes uh well two days ago when i came and told you that uh braxton broke the ipad i think it might have been me he <laughs> 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 blamed on his two-year-old brother uh, breaking awesome. the ipad when he had actually broke the ipad and and it was and cat was looking at me like she's like oh my gosh he told us and i said Forgiven, right? <laughs> um, but all that to say, I love what Paul says in Romans three, where he's like, uh, or two, where he's like, um, it's the it's the kindness of God that leads us towards repentance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That when you know you can run to God, yeah, mm-hmm. and He's like, mm-hmm. forgiven. You know what I'm saying? And that He He will make it right, even when you've blown it you know that's a powerful thing that's interesting because that was going to be my point right um that kind of motivates me to want to do right by god is that you know it's god's kindness that motivates me in that way and and knowing that i can um be um an example of god's love to other people right um and it's in those moments when I think about that that I really am confronted with that condition of sin mm. and and um, am reminded of how amazing God's grace really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's motivating. Mm-hmm. It's motivating for me to, to want to then take that and extend that level of love and grace to other people. Oh, that's a totally different subject. How do we do that? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot easier to run to God. He'll forgive you. It's a lot harder to give that to somebody else. But when's I, the, I think the last time you like legit, like straight up legit forgave someone who had like big time blown it toward you. Dude, I mean, that is like. So I've done, it, I've done that. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Yeah. I have, but it's been a while. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> easy. Get that. No, well, well, that's, <laughs> that, there's some hard ones, but through time, I mean, you get really? to a, yeah, you get to a point where you. Can I'm always so amazed at like I've had two big ones. So. Really? Mm-hmm. Give us a. Can you give us an example? Yeah. No, it's not mm. too personal. Mm. Anybody got a good one? I, I can give okay, you give one because I'm sure my mom won't hear this. <laughs> 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 um. So we had someone in our family who was a pedophile. And mm -hmm. so by the grace of God, I was not um, a a victim. Yeah, it wasn't me. Where are we going? (laughs) (laughs) However, um, our family knew and did nothing about it. And there was even moments when I was left alone with this person. Oh, thanks, mom and dad. Mm. Yeah, Not dad. (laughs) 
<laughs> Mom, families are like notorious for this and the cover-up and all that and the family member that was being affected by it it continued because they never did anything like they uh, caught they uh, caught uh, him uh, wow. and did nothing mm. wow so i hated my mom for that or when i when i finally found out and put all the pieces together mm. blamed um, her really frustrated yeah yeah i'm like and then once i had my own child i'm like how do you do that how do you put somebody in danger yeah but you only have one child you're like half a parent okay like, you're not but even like I a real still, parent <laughs> <laughs> but i still have the same feeling um so anyways it took it took a lot of work right but i couldn't live i couldn't live with that like i had to figure out how to work through that and forgive her and I did had, you have like a face-to-face she to this day she doesn't admit it so it's kind of uh, hard to say i forgive uh, even, you for something you don't admit that you did even worse so it's just one of those things that and whenever i'm with her i have to to kind of remind myself and but it was it was tough but mm. so because of that it is easier for me now because i mean i have those huge i don't know if anybody's going to do something like that but because I've been able to work through that, I, and then what I do, you know, working with kids, they, the things that they do to you and say to you, I mean, I had a kid pee on me, Oh, you know, so. Mark, how did you, wow, and, peed on you? How did he, I how did he tell, catch you? And I would say, well, I was, I was restraining him. So. Oh, <laughs> was his last oh. name Kelly. Oh. <laughs> oh. But even in those moments, to see, <laughs> you're so Robert. The, <laughs> the effect that that has on the the child because they're expecting you to walk away from them and not want to you know when they hit you kick you do all those things to say it doesn't matter what you do to me I'm still going to be here for you and the and the change in behavior that that does in them like you can really kind of see No it's a that, powerful thing. I just think it's like Oh, it's so hard in the moment just to be like, but I guess really because I wrong. know what it's like to to ha- hold that grudge and what it did to me and the things that I that manifested yeah. in me because of holding. I think you're just a better hate. person than I am. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's definitely a better just, person than you. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just hard in those you know. I in those moments. I think I've been really fortunate that I haven't had a whole lot of those experiences where mm. I've needed to extend incredible grace maybe it's just i don't care that much about stuff and so it even if i've been offended i don't let it get to a point where it's like i don't know i don't have a pedophile story but um it you know what i mean like not everybody does it would be um it would be i I was thinking like do i have any examples of something that required me to extend an incredible amount of grace. I mean, I, I think about some of the circumstances with my dad, uh, oh, but yeah. but that kind of just became the norm, right? So I don't think of I don't think of it that way, where it's like I I had to go above and beyond to extend grace, um, because I just I, I think I just grew accustomed to to that being part of our relationship that there would be broken promises and. <laughs> letdowns and unmet expectations. He did steal money from me one time. I guess that could be yeah, an example. It was work. it was a fundraiser. A fundraiser for school. Stole the money. Stole the money. Uh the backstory there is for some yeah. addiction, but 
That's it. That leads us down that road. What happens? Because think about this. What's what do you think the longest like for you? You don't have to admit it if you don't want to, but you don't have to tell me the sin if you don't want to. But what do you think the longest, like one individual specific sin repeated over and over period in your life has been? Like five years. (laughs) Seven. I got five, seven, seven, five. Five. Mike is my boy. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think the longest period of time has been for you? Just like you know, it's there, it's gnawing at you. I 36 years. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, like maybe 30. Uh, what, I'm 43. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, you said a specific. But, but a specific sin. A so. specific sin. I've been a sinner my whole life. <laughs> there's one that I can think of. And the whole time was really weird. Yeah, I mean, I, I can think of like, yeah, as long, as, as far back as I can remember. Okay. Yeah. What about you? I'd yeah. say about six or seven. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so here's the thing. So we, we know we've all had periods of our life, whether they be long, super long or just a couple of years where we've repeated things that are just broken. Right. Mm-hmm. But how long do you put up with someone in your life? That's, you know, sinning against you. I mean, that's a crazy story. Your dad's a crazy story. 42 yeah. years. I knew your dad. We were close at one point. I mean, yeah. that was like a crazy story. Yeah. I mean, in that case, it was, you know, most of my, you know, the life that I can remember yeah. was, you know, that cycle of, um, dealing with an addict and that just (laughs) things are okay. Things are (laughs) awful. They're getting better again and and they're taking a turn for the worse. Like that, that happened. I don't know how many, too many times to count. Uh, good, good times at times and then really, really bad times. Uh, and then towards the end, more, more of the bad times most often. Um, and, and here's the other thing too, like from the personal standpoint, cause we've touched on this a bunch, this whole thing about sin and sin condition. I think in an addict, you really clearly see what Paul's saying mm-hmm. about condition. Yeah. Right. Cause from, I knew your dad for about, I'd say about a six or seven year period at, towards the end of his life mm-hmm. where he had had some moments of sobriety. I'd say he'd never strung together more than like three months, maybe four. You know what I'm saying? Maybe five in there somewhere. And then he would kind of go back and have a bump in the road. And then it would be like a long, mm-hmm. like a binger, you know, just, I mean, police chase, the whole deal. Mm-hmm. Say oh, yeah. um, but there was always this sense of like, I don't want to do, I, I want this to stop. I can't. Like there was just this like yeah. brokenness in him of like, I know this is a disaster. Was he a believer though? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we were in Bible study every week. So, why do you think it's the difference? Like, four like years. and there's an honest question: like, what do you think is the difference between somebody like that that can't overcome it, and then the people that do? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I don't know. We live in a time where that one specifically, that the addiction specifically, is highlighted. You know what I mean? But I think that's where Paul goes, where sin increased, grace increased all the more because the condition. I, there are, it's crazy. And we're going to do a podcast actually with people that are coming out of addiction. I'm starting that this Sunday, but it's crazy. Like, because you, you look at like that story and he never beat it. He nope. never beat it. He spent oh. probably the majority of his adult life struggling with it. When you, when you agree? Uh, yeah. And he spent the last 10 years of his 10, 15 years of his adult life in church. Yep. 
Yeah. I mean, like. So that's was, what I mean. Like when yeah, I say that it's not like a cookie cutter, that everything is the same. Everybody reacts to things different. Everybody's different. Just, be, you know, depending on their upbringing, their mentality. Like you could say something and not be offensive to me. And like I have my brothers and I, we grew up together, same household, and we have completely different mindsets, you know, worldviews, everything. So it's crazy how that happens. So because it's so crazy how that happens, I have a really hard time judging anybody, you know, that, that has any sin. Yeah. Because, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's so different. Like, I can't figure it out when I think about it. Mm. You know, like, you could have two people with the same upbringing, same everything, and have two completely different outcomes based on you don't know what. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that they asked for it. They didn't ask to have the mentality that they couldn't, overcome an addiction and they didn't ask for the mentality that they could so since i don't understand that i don't see anything but grace that can cover that and what i find interesting too is that um there doesn't really seem to be from what i can tell, i mean i haven't done a whole lot of research but something that would distinguish those with the ability to overcome yeah. addiction right. and those that don't like Maybe it's grit. Maybe it's something that's innate. Maybe it's nature, something. Nature, we don't know. Yeah. I mean, I would say that in my dad's case, there was um, there was enough of enabling on the part of um, my Nana. Yeah. That it allowed that to perpetuate. Yeah. Right. Went and on for a long time. She, she mitigated it for a long time. Yeah. And, and then prior to that, while my parents were married, uh, my mom would admit that, you know, she was codependent in that relationship for a long time. Um, and so I, I think in those cases, it, it's harder for an addict to overcome when there's not the support of strong people around you, when there's people that are basically contributing to yeah. your, they're you helping know. you. Yeah. Helping you destroy your own life. Yeah. yeah but that's not, and, a, and they that, think that, they're helping you. Yeah. yeah they're, and, they're trying to th yeah, help you mitigate the consequences, right. but it's actually destroyed. Yeah. And it takes really strong people, um, to support those who are in addiction to, um, I think bring about that, a recovery, genuine recovery. Do you honestly believe, I mean, do you, do you think God covers all that? You think God covers all that sin? All that repetitive sin? What do you think? That one in particular? Yeah, that one in particular. Like somebody's in a cycle of addiction for 30 years and dies. I don't find that in scripture. I can't, I can't recall that. Like you, you can't, you, you can't like the idea of like. If it would have said sexual sin, then I would have said no. <laughs> like what do you mean like adultery or something like that oh, if it was a repetitive adultery you would say no right. you just don't like luther no i just don't like uh, <laughs> I, I just agree with the scripture i just agree with the scripture that's all i yeah, can tell yeah, you yeah if the scripture says you're not inheriting the kingdom of heaven for practicing a certain sin then that's what it is yeah but like think about i just can't i can't look at it no other way you know yeah but think it, it, that's not the only thing he doesn't say you won't inherit the kingdom of heaven for there's a lot of things and after yeah. he says that he says and and some of you fit under these categories and that's why God gave you grace. Jesus gave you the grace. At the end of that passage. What say that again? At the end of that passage that you're saying where he's saying that who's not gonna Um I believe so. Uh I he, thought you were he finishes he finishes by saying, and that is what some of you were, but you were washed you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by His Spirit of of, of the Spirit of our God. That's exactly, First that's, Corinthians, and that's how some of you were. Yeah, you interpret that as they stopped, right? But most people, like many people, interpret that as they were, they were. Dis that was their 
nature right. before Christ. Right. It doesn't mean that the sin has stopped. It just means that they've been given another nature. Because Paul says there's two competing natures in the life of a believer. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But he also says that you have to flee this stuff. And he's like, don't no, you? I, absolutely. Don't you? Yeah, he says, like, don't you know you're supposed to yeah, but I'm saying, stop like, this stuff? Of course, that would be the same message for the addict. Yeah. They'd have to stop. Like, they'd have to flee it. Well, like, they you sh- think Paul they, would be here saying, they should like, stop. don't flee heroin? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the, fine. What, what I'm saying is that that one in particular, I can't, I can't judge that based on Scripture, is what I'm saying. Because there is no Scripture. Scripture silent, so you wouldn't even apply? I'm not saying I wouldn't apply. I, w- I would take a, you know, a, what would I say, my personal suggestion. You know, I think that you, you should okay, flee from on, that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So you're saying because the scripture doesn't specifically name drug addiction, that the message about like sin and repetitive sin doesn't apply to that one? The, and, and God said that your body dr- told To it. drug addiction. Wait. No, which, which addiction? Which sin addiction? Drug addiction. Like because the, the, the scripture doesn't say anything about drug addiction or heroin, like the idea of ongoing sin, we're not going to judge. Yeah, and we've had conversations, right, where you've said that that is your your issue with homosexuality, that you're sinning against your body. If you're taking substances, you're sinning against your body. I never said anything. You didn't? I think you are, though. I say you're sinning against God. That I was. Oh, okay. Yeah, but okay. So <laughs> back to but back to the idea about addiction. Like, do. You, Obviously, that sin repeated over and over and over and over again, right? It's not. You think it's not sin? <laughs> I mean, it's not sin to continue to be intoxicated and live off all this brokenness and hurt everybody around you. I'm not saying. I appreciate the answer is yes. That's sin. That is no, bad. I mean, of but, course it's sin. Lived it. He knows that's right. That, it's, but, it's sin. I can't con- I can't totally condemn that type of behavior. Okay. I can't just like pick out any sin and be like, oh, you're practicing that? You're definitely going to hell. Whoa, you know whoa, what I'm whoa, saying? Whoa. Okay, hold on, hold on. There's wow. only a there's only a few that we could condemn. <laughs> uh, certain ones. Certain ones we could condemn. You get a specialist. Yeah. But but wouldn't I mean in respect to the scripture. Is but, you know, anything? I, I I'm tr- what I'm trying to give the authority to the scripture. Right. Like, I mean, what would you say to that scripture? I mean, if, if that scripture says that that's what it's saying, then I think we have to believe that don't we i want to do we just like kind of erase that sure no, no, but no. Well, i i think that so so okay so i guess the way i would explain that is some of the way juan said i would say okay absolutely there are sexual sins and absolutely we're told to flee them and we're told them that they're wrong and we're told them that people that and are, to keep away from them right keep away from them and we're told that the the people Anybody outside of Christ, you only gain heaven through Christ. But if, no, that's in Christ. What do you mean? He says, like the brothers and the sisters. No, but I'm, but what I'm saying is, generally speaking, we only gain heaven through Christ. Oh, all yeah. of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he specifically says in this particular passage, he made a Paul makes a list, like he does in every book, right? And he's like, you know, these aren't going right. But I don't think his purpose is to say like these are special. I think his purpose is to say. In your old life, these were your identities, mm-hmm. right? And and now there's a new identity, but those identities aren't going. That's gonna that has to be removed from you. Yeah, right? but in your new in your new identity, there needs to be obedience. Otherwise, it's nulled. <laughs> I, 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 is, I hear a little sarcasm. In no, but but you, I mean, you agree with that, right? You would agree that that. Setting aside whether it's sexual or addictive in nature, that the idea of repetitive sin is seen really clearly in addiction, and it's 
Oh yeah. It's that like is probably the most predominant repetitive sin I would think of. Like that. I can't think of anything else that that repeats in that same way where people feel so helpless to yeah. it. Any kind of addiction, whether it's substance abuse or pornography or Yeah. Any, any kind of addiction. Yeah. Any addiction pattern. Yeah. But right, but I but, I, but especially substance abuse and especially like whether it's alcohol or drugs, like that the 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 drive there is most of the people that I that I meet with on that they're just they look like they have been road hard and put up wet. They're just like I want to stop. I like in 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 actual solace moments they're like I want to, but it's a joke. I'm not. They they look look me in the eye. They'd be like I know I'm not. I'm I'm going back out this weekend and I'm gonna just absolutely wreck my life. Mm-hmm. I've seen that a thousand times. I think part of them wants to stop, but they continue. Some of them can. This guy, I was in a Bible study with this guy's father for like five years. We met weekly for five years. Half the, there was a whole year he was high during the Bible study. I was like, dude, you got to come to this thing high. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. You know, but I think that's repetitive sin over and over. Does grace cover that? (laughs) It's just like, (laughs) but. I would think that would be exactly how, what grace before. How how would it not? I think it, I think it right. has doesn't to. grace cover over all grace sin? covers all sin? Yeah, like right. doesn't I, matter if it's I, a small sin or repetitive sin. It, it's got to cover all of it. Now, not, that doesn't necessarily mean that we should continue no, no, in no, those no. patterns. I, right, right, that, yeah, that's right. A, that, I didn't say that's a license. I'm just saying, like, if you've ever dealt with a real addict, like. There are many, especially now with some of the drugs that we have now, where the, the, the sense of powerlessness in them to stop this is so overwhelming mm-hmm. that the only solution we have now is many times we, we feed them other drugs to stop these drugs. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, it is crazy what's going on with the opioid epidemic. epidemic. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, like, that's, all my, that's my only point is, like, we wouldn't look at that and be like, you guys are out, sorry, too many times, would you? Would you? But <laughs> I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Why do you hedge so much? Because it's not in Scripture. Well, I, how is that not in Scripture? You don't think that's in Scripture? You don't think there, we can find like a support for that from like the sense of... Um, that they would not inherit the kingdom of heaven? Yeah, well... Yeah, what I think, I, I think, I, think we, I think drunkards is definitely on one of the lists. Yeah, drunkards can, is definitely on that specific here, list. Here at the Kingdom of Heaven. Oh, are you trying to say that's probably synonymous? Well, I mean, drunkardness is a, is addictive pattern. Yeah. It's gotta be. It's gonna be close. It's gotta be close. Oh, even if we just took drunkards, so let's just took the alcoholics. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but again, we're looking at this from those who are outside of faith and those who are in faith, right? Like, I mean, that wasn't yeah. For me, it's a, for me the, the defining factor is faith, right? Right. If they're if they're so outside any, of faith, anyone outside drunk, of faith, who cares what they're doing? Yeah, yeah right. That, you that, can that. make a list of that's you know, my whole a million point. things. If you're outside of faith, I don't know why you're not doing this stuff. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You should you should be a professional. Sinner. And of course, you're all not <laughs> going to inherit the kingdom. Yes. Of course, <laughs> no. right? Yeah, that's common sense, right? But for those who are in Christ, regardless of uh, how I see it, regardless of whatever extent of your sinfulness is grace covers that mm. you take it or no no mm, probably not 
No. Okay. So because I, I think what, I think, I think what happens is for, well for me yeah. is that and again I'm not saying that's licentiousness to then continue on and those patterns of brokenness, but for me as someone who has lived life with someone who is beset with this um, pattern. Un- unbreakable pattern, like yeah. it, he was powerless yeah. in so many ways as a believer. As someone who had put his faith and hope in Christ, that was still so strong. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I would I'm not in a position to say because that sin was so strong. I got a buddy that had not done a drug in his whole life. His whole life, right? Mm-hmm. Goes in for a heart surgery. They give him oxycodone. He gets addicted to it. Within a year, he's he's in the circle buying on the street because he can't get a prescription for it anymore. Gets arrested, loses his job. This guy's like 55 mm. when this all goes down. Damn. I mean, this is some strong stuff. Like, this is some crazy world that we live in. And I'm not sure he ever beat that pattern after that thing started. So, like, are you, are you really saying that, like, you can't see Grace extending to that? The only thing I can say is that Jesus says, if you love me, you will follow my commandments. Yeah. So if you're not following his commandments, he says you don't love me. I agree with that. I agree with that. But so I, I can't I can't make peace with that. Like I can't just say, well yeah, I guess grace covers everything. But think about this. We just we just got done saying everybody in the room just got done saying that we well, maybe you didn't admit to this, but I think everybody mostly admitted that we all have a sin condition that won't change, which means all of us are going to die with repetitive not following Jesus in our life. Well, I think the difference would be um, the choices that we make. So it goes back to choice for you. So, so, yeah. so let, let's define it. So really what you're saying is, because I think this is interesting, mm-hmm. you're saying, yes, grace will cover the condition, but if your choices remain... The things that you have you have power of remain, then grace is going to cover that. In Hebrews, he says that he who sins willfully right. will basically just have a fearful. That there's nothing else to do for you. You've trampled over the the Son of God, right? right? And it says that it's it's now we're at a fearful expectation to fall in the hands of God. That's what he says. If you just go ahead and you start sinning willfully, right? That's what that's what the, the writer of Hebrews says. Yeah. So I see all these scriptures that are basically explaining that. If you start living a certain pattern after receiving Christ, right. you know, where Christ is no longer living in you and, you, and the, the covenant is not real to you, the mm-hmm. spirit is not living in you, you're living a new life, you've been restored, you've been renewed. Um, I don't know, man. doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't, so, doesn't line up. But but this is what I don't, I don't um, maybe you can share about that. We all know that there are going to be instances of willful sin for the rest of our earthly life. So how do you justify that? How do you say, okay, well, if you're willfully sinning, you're out of God's grace when we all know that's we all, happen? Well, I it's mean, it's inevitable, right? So, so, so what do we do, right? Do we say, okay, well, I guess the grace is not good enough then because if it requires some action on my part to then uphold uh, a, a sin, le- not, not perfection. Not not perfection, but 
you know, minimizing the the amount of sin. So wait a minute, that's that goes a back you, into you the, said that, but is that what you think though? Is is as long as the motivation is towards perfection, even if it's not perfection, that's that gets I you. I mean, we're not going to achieve perfection no matter what. That's not what I'm saying. Obedience, I think. Yeah, but it's, to it's, define it's, that though, because it's an interesting question. What he's saying: mm-hmm. if we know that we are, you know, and I know that we're going to have will for sin in our life, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> <laughs> he looks at me like, I'm just like, are you well, doing that, right? No, no. Well, he, well, what I would say is okay. this. I'm like, well, why would we say, well, if that is the truth and that is what we think is the truth and what we're going to do, then how do we change the scripture to make it more sense? You know, that's my problem. No, no, no. No, uh, I understand that. But I'm saying from a logical standpoint, you do know that though, right? That what? That, you, that you're going to have willful sin in your life. I think I'm a... I'm a Make mistakes. Okay. And I'm going to do things I shouldn't be doing. Okay. So willful sin. But so I'm not. How but do you I'm resolve not, it? What do you mean, how do I resolve that? Well, if, that's different from me premeditating, loving sin, and like getting into sin and living a lifestyle of sin, Mike. That's different. But is that how you interpret willful sin then in the way that it's written in that scripture that you quoted? Yeah, obviously. Okay. Well, well, mm-hmm. But that's. But, well, well, wait, but I don't know how you hmm. take that and distinguish, okay, this is willful sin mm-hmm. and not any willful act of sin. Yeah. Because every single act that you choose to do, it sounds like you qualify sin. it with lifestyle. Like if you love it, right. and like it. But right. even the, even Hebrew says that sin's good for a time. What do you mean it says good for a time? It's good for a time. What do you mean it's it's good for a time? Like it's, it's a good thing. Sin is good. Yeah, sin <laughs> good for a time. Why would anybody do it? In the King James, in the King James, it has it, it, it's good for a season. Yeah, right? yeah. sin is good All for right, a season. We got, right. we gotta we gotta look that up. Well, no, it's I'm, I'm, okay. We'll look that up later. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just you. telling you that's what it says. And the reason it says that is because our old nature still loves it. Yeah, right. And the experience of but sin now in we most have cases. a new nature. Right, but and they're we, competing. They're both in there. So, I mean, what do we do? We just give in to the old nature? No, me? not saying that. But I'm saying that does grace extend when the old nature wins? When and you messed up? Yeah, when you messed up. That's what it's for. But we're saying that's willful. No, it's not. So you don't think it's willful? <laughs> no. You don't think... You don't think I, be- think, I think that, like you say, it's, 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 it's part of our nature. So we... we like, like, you know how you trip and mess up? Like, I know how to walk, but I can trip. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not... That that's just what we go. Through. You don't think you'll yeah, willfully sin? Yeah, when you when you trip, wow. these willful. tripping that we're talking about, mm-hmm. you're still making a conscious decision. No, 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 no. But even if you weren't, even if it was a trip, I'm admitting not just to tripping. I'm admitting <laughs> to like jumping. Like yeah. here I am diving yeah. into the deep face end plant. of this face face it's, planting on sh- this, and, end. and that's what we should we should be doing. No, no. I'm saying of course not. But the old nature will win, At and times. we'll do that from time to time. Yeah, and and that and is grace enough up. to cover that. Yeah, is grace enough for those moments when we know we're? I'm, going to I'm just fall? saying, in the illustration of the addict, it's just so prevalently seen. It's like they are a walking, talking example of this, where they they literally want it with one breath. They're like, "No, no, I don't want to do this. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to group." And, and then that night, minute. they're like, "Hit me again!" Right? Yeah. You know, it's like they go right back to it, and and they part of them wants to stop, but. Their sinful condition, their their body, the biology, the brain, everything is out of control. It's out of control. Does grace cover that? Because on the flip side of that, you have those people who are outside of faith who they continue doing it and they'll say, yeah, I'm going to do this until I die. I don't have any desire to stop. Yeah. There are those people. I mean, I've met people like that. I don't have any desire to stop. I'm I'm... I'm content in this lifestyle, even though I know it's going to kill me. 
Yeah. I, I even take it a step further. I worry about that. I know that would be a stretch for you to agree to. I even take it a step further because I think there are people who are of faith that will do it willingly and enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? They'll do it because sin is good for a time. It's good for that moment until you're in jail and, you know, fighting off a Hebrews eleven twenty five. I'll check it out. Yeah, fighting off a sobriety charge or whatever or whatever they call it. Yeah. I, I, uh, then you get into the matter of repentance and how that connects to this too. Okay. How? Kind of like exhausted. I think that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Just done with it. <laughs> like, but, there, we obviously disagree. But do, but do you, <laughs> but you still disagree with that? You would say you still disagree with that? Like that? That's a strong statement. Like that is a strong statement to say. I believe addicts are going to hell. That's the outcome of that statement. Okay. Okay. I'm cool. I'm cool. I, I honor the fact that that's the way you see it, but I, that's a very strong statement. Judge me as you will. No, no. That's a very <laughs> strong statement. I I hey, leave you room to make you're, your, your You're You're right in saying the scripture doesn't speak to that uh, explicitly. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, so you have I, to, I just, have to make yeah, choice. I can't overstep the scripture. I mean, I know. I mean, I don't know what you guys have to say about that scripture in Hebrews. Well, what would you say to nothing can separate us from the love of God? Well, what would you say to the book of Hebrews that I just told you? you I mean, how do you take that? Yeah. Well, I mean, we can work through that. I mean, yeah, I think we Give can me something. Some, yeah, no, we can spend some time and work through that. It's a, it's a fair question. It's a, it's a hermeneutical scriptural question. I, I, you know, we don't have time to do it in this one, but we can definitely spend some time on that. Absolutely. If that's the only hang-up is, I've got five verses left out here that seem to talk about repetitive sin being an issue, then I think that's something we can overcome. I'm just saying I worry because it sounds like you like the you like the logic of it. Like it sounds like it's logical to you. No, I just honor the scriptures. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I get <laughs> I got you. All right. So I don't know, man. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'm whole, I, I I pray that the grace extends to my continued willful disgustingness. You know what? Uh, I I've had a couple since I'm always sharing my stuff, and I have some friends that are atheists or um, agnostic, and a couple of them have messaged me right. And the thing that comes up to them about the uh, you know a couple of comments that they've made is like you know it's funny how there's like thousands of different you know. Um, belief systems as far even in Christianity based like denominations he goes and one believes this and one believes that and one believes this and you guys can't even like you know uh, agree with each other you know to a certainty in certain things so I told him I was like well I disagree with you I was like we do agree in the same thing that Christ died for our sin for something that we can't do for grace and stuff like that right so but in the long run they basically said that it was like it's almost hypocritical that you guys want to judge and condemn who's going to hell and who's not over something that you guys can't even agree on. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a lot of disagreement. You are correct. So where is the actual, like what is the actual thing that we disagree on? What do you think the actual thing we disagree on is? I think for what I've noticed is whether once you, uh, you know, accept Christ as your savior and that Mm -hmm. he paid for all of your sins, whether you could lose that salvation or not based on your actions. So you think the disagreement is around the doctrines concerning assurance? I think so. You think that's a disagreement? I think I, I think, think that's definitely a disagreement. I think that's one of the disagreements. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Good observation. I I mean that's <laughs> your nail in line. <laughs> but does it really matter? Because like him and I disagree a bunch on a lot of the scriptures and stuff like that, but there's nobody that I really love hanging out more than like him. Absolutely. 
Like, I love this dude. So I'm a likable guy. That's why we drag him out to the stuff. Yeah, right? So, <laughs> I'll be the only one to judge you. So don't worry. Love, it, love and grace. <laughs> and love. In love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Judge love. you. Yeah, love. Yeah. That's wow. awesome. All right. Well, uh, I think that's about as far as we can take it for tonight because we are <laughs> running long. Knee deep. Yeah, we are knee deep <laughs> yeah. in the weeds. So well, let's do this. Let's obvious. Okay, so here's what's going to happen, right? So um, next week we'll be in Romans 6 and 7, and then we're off next week because we have another group coming in. But then two weeks from then, We'll have finit. We'll have spent two weeks in Romans six and seven. So we'll be talking about all the issues that kind of are at the very core of that disagreement, which is how do we live um, in spot? You know, how does grace infuse how we live, right? And how do we live in faithfulness and still like recognize God's grace and all those issues that we've kind of brought up? So in two weeks, we'll really spend some time talking in like great detail about what that means, like how grace connects to the obedient side of things and what an obedient life looks like and does obedience even matter, all that kind of stuff. And those are you really saved that there's no obedience? And if are you yeah, if you really saved that there's no obedience, and then oh my gosh, it's gonna be crazy. Oh, okay, yeah, it's gonna be good. it's mm. gonna be crazy. <laughs> so, so that's gonna be a I really good wait. one. And we promise that in that section, let's spend some time in Hebrews six and Hebrews ten and knock out those eight. in eight and ta- knock out eight and ten. Yeah. yeah, that'll be good. Okay. All right. Thank you guys. Let's Appreciate it. it. Uh, love you, love you, mean it. See ya. Peace. Peace. Bye. <laughs>